Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, the Crypto Guy, and today we're talking with two of the head honchos from Beeksy Exchange. So Franklin is the head of marketing, and Artok is the founder, and today they're going to be going over why they created the exchange, and then some of the stuff that went into actually creating it. So how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing great, everything. Awesome. Thank you for asking. I really appreciate you guys coming on to talk about this. You know, it's kind of perfect timing with this Cryptopia hack um, to kind of have someone who's in the process of creating an exchange and kind of bringing light to, you know, what goes into creating an exchange. So, but before we jump into that, um, can you guys both kind of just touch on your backgrounds, what you were doing before Beeksy, um, and then we can go from there? Of course. Sure, I can start. Um, I have bachelor, master in computer science. I'm a developer guy, IT guy. Uh, I have more than 10 years experience in creating cool stuff that we use every day. Uh, worked in IoT industry right before this, developing like a, a smart housing for different hotels uh, that you most probably used in Vegas and New York. Uh, and was trade related to crypto was I'm a miner, I'm a trader. And as I'm a developer, I just decided to that I want to build something, not only be user for this industry. Yeah, so on my end, um, I have a background in psychology, um, so got my master's in consumer psychology and was kind of interested in studying human behavior in the marketplace, um, just what makes people you know, tick and, and how do you kind of relate to them um, with marketing, branding, and advertising. And so worked for a market research consulting firm, um, doing really a wide variety of different market research methods uh, and got some exposure to some you know, Fortune 500 clients, uh, a lot of major tech companies. Uh, and that was a great uh, kind of introduction to what the business world demands from a marketer. And, you know, prior to that, had actually worked with a few friends on some different startups, scaling some social media brands, uh, building sustainable Internet-driven businesses. And, uh, you know, then I, I started to get into crypto and created my own crypto social media brand. And uh, I haven't left the rabbit hole since. Perfect. Yeah, so it sounds like you guys both, your guys' backgrounds kind of, directly feed into your roles at Beeksy, Artok with your developing and Frank with your marketing um, background and uh, degree in psychology. So this one's more related to Artok and a question specifically for him. Um, we know your background. Now, can you tell us why you created Beeksy and kind of what some of the core values are uh, behind the exchange? Sure. So after being a user for crypto exchanges for a pretty long time uh, and getting into more of a community i was a part of a private community which has like a couple of thousand people uh, kind of og style people uh, everyone are like uh, getting a lot of projects there interviews people coming for millions of dollars to that community to be honest and uh, so what happens every second time i mean bitcoin was pumping, dumping, whatever, you were noticing that like uh, there was no Binance at that time. It was Poloniex and Bitrex. It, it's not comparable what Binance and Coinbase does right now, but at that time it was pretty bad. So people were complaining all the time. 
and people complaining. And I, my biggest complaint was that if I want to buy an old coin, I need to go through like a three different exchanges. A lot of people don't understand how this works. So they freak out when they buy something on Coinbase and they need to send to Bitrex and wait for like 12 hours to get your money there. So this was the main two things that like I see that like a stability of exchanges and the user friendliness of having one place where you can send money and you can buy whatever you want there. So this was the initial idea behind Pixie to have a, I would say for today's people to understand, like having a Coinbase and Binance in one and having a better matching engine and better tech. I remember when I first got into crypto and we were trying, I was trying to buy alts on some exchanges. It was buy here, send the Bitcoin to another exchange, wait for it to confirm if you didn't get the wallet right, then your money's gone. And then buying that all <laughs> and then sending it to a wallet, you know, offline. So it was it was a very stressful process, to say the least, especially for someone who's not as tech oriented. So I completely understand where you're coming from there and, you know, kind of why. And it sounds like the thought process, this is multiple years in the making. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people see these exchanges popping up left and right and don't really understand that these these things take years to develop um, and there's so much that goes into it. So I really appreciate you talking about why you decided to create it. Can you, I guess, kind of talk more on the core values? Sure. So I would say if in two words to describe what we do in Bixi, we're a community-driven exchange. So most of the things that we do is feedback from a community. Someone came and told Hey, can we have this? Why others exchanges doesn't support this? And we just looked into that, talked to a person, no matter who is it, no matter if we know the person, don't know it, no matter like you have zero one BTC or like hundred BTC. If you're liking of something on exchange, please come tell it to us. And uh, most probably we'll have it already because we're implementing so many features right now. But this is how we got all the features on Big C uh, security side. I mean, I was really thinking before this Cryptopia hack that like everyone has a normal hot wallet, cold wallet structure. But when you're losing $3 million worth of Dentacoin, which the whole market cap is five probably or whatever it is, or 50, you shouldn't have this much money in your hot wallets. So I I repeated this many times that probably everyone has the same level, <laughs> level of like a hot wallet, cold wallet security, but now I doubt after seeing this hack. So, we are all about security. We are an exchange. People need to trust us. If you are sending money to Bixie wallets, my number one goal is I don't sleep at night too. And I think how make sure that like no one lose funds on my exchange because I'm responsible for your money. This is number one thing. Number two thing is the user friendliness and customer support. I'll be probably very captain, <laughs> very obvious things. It's like a, we make money because of the customers. So we care about customers. If you don't like as a customer how our exchange works, how it looks, how it's uncomfortable or like whatever it is, it means we're doing something incorrect. So we spent, to be honest, until today, after 18 months of working, we tweak the UI. <laughs> so and like, if you think globally, the exchange is just one page. It's a trading pair page that 95% time you're spending on. 
but it just looks like that. We literally wasted like so much time of doing a design, and like uh, I just sit overnight and like, okay, I don't like this. If I would be user, this is not ideal. And we change it all the time. We change it until today. We're going to go live in a week. We still change some small things on it. So it's an ongoing process from like uh, making the UI better. As we go live, more people will see it. They will send us their feedback and we'll make it better and better all the time. Uh, customer support probably is the next biggest thing. We're going to have this AI bot, which is, and we're writing this knowledge base, which probably Franklin can talk more in depth. And it's going to be all these small things, how to register, how, how what trailing stuff, let's say, or whatever. So if you ask these questions, the bot is going to send you the uh, answer right away. You don't need a human to do this. So we're kind of trying to, because 80, 85% of questions asked to customer support is uh, written in FAQ <laughs> usually. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to kind of make an AI bot, which will be answering this, your questions automatically. If you feel not satisfied, you can say, I want to talk to a human and like, I just talk to a person. So, uh, yeah, and, I mean, I can just keep going to be honest, but probably this will be like my top three, uh, security, UI user friendliness and the customer support. Like this is our main goals right now. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tack quickly onto that. I think the <clears throat> the other thing that we excel in is performance. Um, and this goes back to our matching engine, which was developed in collaboration uh, with a company called One Market Data uh, and their one tick product, which has been servicing legacy finance clients for decades. And these include some of the largest and most prestigious financial institutions in the world. Uh, regardless of your perception of those financial institutions, you can respect the technology. And so our matching engine is is literally like orders of magnitude faster than comparable exchanges. And actually to reference uh, an earlier point you made that, you know, exchanges take years of development. It truth be told, they don't typically, right? So uh, what we see a lot of these quote unquote competitors doing uh, exchanges that have come out recently is taking an out of box solution and slapping a UI on it and calling it a new and you know, innovative product. When in reality, it's not. There's no fundamental innovation from the matching engine. They haven't really updated their security tech you know, again, like Artok said, we just assume that most people had the same kind of hot wallet, cold wallet structure um, that we do. And again, we've taken a lot more pains to make it perfect, but uh, the fact is they don't. And so it's kind of funny to me that there has been such a lackadaisical attitude uh, among crypto exchanges about innovation, about real security, uh, and about attention to users. So I think those are the things that we've, we've tried to fix. You guys touched on a lot there. I kind of just want to review some stuff because I think you guys are hitting on some of the hardest hitting topics right now. I'm on Twitter a lot. I see a lot of people in comments, you know, when exchanges post. It's always complaints of when's this going to be implemented? When can we get this done? And I think some of these exchanges are so far detached from their customers that they're forgotten almost. So that community feedback, that customer service, I think it's essential to any new exchange uh, and any exchange that's already up to continue to thrive. So I like that you guys are touching on that. And then real quick, right at the end there, Frank, you mentioned some of the actual performance in the tech and uh, you you brought up, you're right. I I mistakenly said that, you know, many exchanges are years in the the making. (laughs) I, I think I was more geared towards you guys with what I heard, you know, from multiple years ago where this thought kind of came in that a new exchange needs to be made. You are right where many of them just kind of alter a couple little things and no real changes are made. So it's a, it's a rebrand, you know, exactly. That's typically what they do. 
And, and this is the, I mean, this is the best response to, I think, any doubter of us that I could give is like, you have to honestly ask yourself, why would we wait a year and a half or more to debut this product? Because that's, that's been our development cycles, a year and a half and, and you know, steadily adding on to that um, to deliver this product if we weren't trying to deliver something radically new and different, you know, or if we had anything less than the best intentions in mind. Um, you know, if, if we wanted to scam or exit scam or whatever you want to call it, we would do the same thing these other exchanges have done is we'd take an out-of-box solution, we'd brand it, we'd slap a UI on it, we'd create some buzz, and then we'd go on about our day. Um, what we've done is is instead build some, you know, something from the ground up. And that takes a lot, a lot of time and energy and effort. Uh, it's much harder to build something from scratch, uh, as one may assume, than it is to uh, start with, you know, something that's already kind of built. 100%. I mean, I feel like the at the end of the day, you know, the main point of an exchange is to make money from people trading on the exchange. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if that's what you guys were about, you would have done exactly what you said and you'd have been up and running a year and a half ago. Um, so I think that really does build some confidence in users or maybe people who are thinking about making the switch or at least trying out the exchange. So a ton of stuff there that we jumped into just based on, you know, why Bixie was created. Now, can we dive into the details of actually getting the exchange created? I know you've talked about some of it already, but can you talk about creating the team, navigating laws, any kind of laws? Because I know people are very uncertain with that kind of thing. Uh, the marketing, development, can you kind of touch on those things? Sure, I can start probably. So yeah, it's I'm, I'm trying to to go back in time right now and think like how it was happening. I always joke if someone asks me, can you repeat this? Most probably I can. And uh, what I did with this, but like um, the first hire ever that I even talked to was a lawyer. So I highly recommend anyone who is starting any crypto project, you want to make whatever, whatever on blockchain, talk to a lawyer first. You need a lawyer on your team. Don't outsource. <laughs> it's like a, you need a lawyer in your team who finds the solutions, not finding a problem because we all know the problems. And uh, in our, our lawyers, I just go and say, hey, this is the problem, what we do. And they come up with like uh, different risks, different ways how we should do it because the, there is no certain rules written. And uh, we see Gemini is trying to push on like we need uh, rules and we need like uh, regulations. I completely agree with them, to be honest. It's a, having no regulation is a chaos. I'm not telling we need to be regulated and they don't allow us anything, but I'm telling like not being regulated is put, putting us under the danger because we see so many projects in this 2017 raised 50, $100 million. I mean, without giving any names, but I know projects like a refunding money to US investors, for example, and because they didn't do any regulatory stuff and when it comes to the distribution they said oh i rather return the money instead of like putting me under the danger and the people in invested with like a if per to be thousand bucks and get refunded when he pays like 120 bucks so uh, none of us wants to be in this situation and this is a project's fault so uh, i i when i started this I, I this is not my first startup so i i know exactly how you should build it lawyers are the most important thing to know how to do other stuff. So if, if I would be just a developer, I wouldn't ever think about legal, about marketing. <laughs> I wouldn't ever talk to Franklin and say, Hey, let's do this together because, uh, in developers mind startup is, Oh, I'll just run a tech 
and everything else will ma magically happen because I created like a good app or something like this. So uh, obviously, for the exchange perspective, it's very important to have a, a perfect exchange. It's kind of it's no doubt. I'm building an exchange. My exchange should be the best. This is what I think. From tech perspective, from user perspective, everything. But if Franklin wouldn't do his magic and people wouldn't talk about us all day long, who cares that I have the best exchange if I have zero users? So there is always timing and everything. So we started working with marketing much later than develop. We had the exact picture that like it will take another six to eight months, let's say, to finish the project. And okay, let's let me find a guy who can like head our marketing. So. Uh, there are many ways uh, and uh, to do business, but I really think important to know when to when to do and what to do, and, uh, and just have a priorities. And everything is equally important. Just there is a timing also. On it. Let's say there is no point of doing marketing when I not have a developer. And obviously, you need to do the marketing whenever you already have a product. You all must have a product. Let's um, piggyback on that. Actually, so <laughs> another strength that I've noticed that we have is is our team how all these people came together is is kind of like our talk alluded to a, a bit of a mystery to me it feels like a puzzle that just fell into place um but of course that's not that's not what actually happened going to meetups and recruiting these folks being directly embedded in the community was a huge asset to us all of us have that in common with bxc i think with maybe a few exceptions but like 90 percent of the team were people who had been really deep into crypto in that kind of grassroots way so they're part of, you know, part of like these communities or they were attending meetups and that's a great way to source talent. There's also the international aspect of it too, from a hiring and a cost perspective and a sourcing the right talent perspective, you need to look um, outside of just your, your local community or even your country. And you need to find people um, who actually can work for, you know, more efficiency, basically um, their salary relative to where they live is, is higher than normal, but relative to you know, global business cost is lower than normal. Um, things like that are, are really important considerations. And then the variety of perspectives you get by hiring a multinational team um, is also super important. Uh, from the marketing side, like Artox said, I think the timing was important for us was that we waited to uh, start hitting the community until we had, uh, you know, our working demo um, that had already been ready for some months. And, you know, kind of we had built up the team to a certain point and everybody had just bought into the concept and then we're like, okay, now let's go. So there was a lot of holding back the dam, you know, or, or holding back the river with a, with a dam and then all of a sudden letting it burst. I think there's a caveat to that though, right? And this was seen with, with Beeksy, you know, when you release the dam like that, people get skeptical because they see so many scams in crypto and all of a sudden you release a tremendous wave of new information about this new product onto the market and people are going to be like, okay, that seems unrealistic you know um they must be lying and there must be something that's not quite up to snuff here uh and so i think we had a little bit of that pushback uh, especially in the way that we did our marketing so as you may know uh, we did a, a referral based campaign that was driven by influencers so basically we had influencers on different teams competing with one another for referral prizes right we thought this was an ingenious solution and i think all things considered it was uh, but there were things that we didn't consider. There, we didn't consider how the community would react to half of their timeline being a Beeksy ref link, you know, because that's what it was at a certain point. And no, no exaggeration there. Like that, that was quite literally what was happening for probably two straight weeks. 
and it pissed a lot of people off and i think justifiably so so i think you have to consider too how hard do you hit people over the head with your marketing we've seen gemini's had some struggles with that for what i think was all things considered again a genius campaign that regulations uh or you know revolutions need rules they should have understood though that when you put out a message like that to a libertarian anarchist community you're going to get some negative reactions so i think you know in in your marketing it, there's a ton of nuance and it's very very difficult to market in crypto because people are so ruggedly individualistic and have they're very smart too you know the, the average crypto user is way smarter than the average user of even other tech and then you compare that to users in general and they're you know blowing them out of the water so you have to consider that your audience is really smart they're self-aware they're very highly critical and aware of scams so nuance in marketing is super important i don't think we had it at first i think we have it now um so that's another really important thing that i would consider for any project uh launching is is you know have some nuance in your marketing have a well-developed strategy and be out there in the community you know listen to folks develop your brand as if it was a person don't develop it as if it was some sort of uh pillar on the hill to touch on that one little marketing stint that you guys had i remember my timeline was flooded as well and I, it was, Sorry. no, you, okay. So I, I think it was pretty genius. You guys were the talk of the town. Um, I think it did kind of bring a little bit of negative negativity to your guys' projects, but I think mm-hmm. overall it raised a lot of awareness. So there was a lot that got, you know, brought up there. I just kind of want to recap some of it for everyone who's listening, who's trying to maybe maybe not just, you know, create an exchange, but just any kind of crypto project or business that they're starting. Um, so Artak, you, you mentioned first and foremost, hire a lawyer, figure out the regulations. I think so many people forget this. This is all new. This is all very, very new. And the regulation is changing almost on a daily basis. So that's step one. Kind of after that, you want to start building up your team you know, you guys have marketers, developers, uh, you've got the, the lawyer um, that you all brought together. And I think after that, um, what you guys talked about a lot was that you kind of want to build from the ground up. You know, you don't want to launch a marketing campaign when you don't have your your site developed even or, you know, up and running to test. Um, so I think you guys did a very good job with that timeline. And then again, that marketing stint. Well, yeah, let me let me add to that, because I think there's an important consideration here. You know, I, I'll say that I appreciate when the community calls you out on something because it helps you get better. So we got, you know, called out by Romano, who was like, hey, there's on, um, you know, is a suspect is a non suspect. And we, I, that gave us the opportunity to answer people directly and, you know, directly answer their concerns. And it actually built us a lot of trust in the community. I think what it's ended up with is now we're kind of crossing sides that a lot of the, you know, um, new influencers, I don't know, whatever you want to call them, the, the OGs as well are kind of like, okay, Beeksy's, you know, Beeksy's legit enough. Like, let's give them a pass. I don't expect it's the last time we're going to get any flack from the community for something we do. Um, because when you push the envelope on things, you're always going to get pressure. But I, I think it gave us the opportunity to create a dialogue and that's all we ever we, we wanted a chance to have a conversation with people. And the other point that I wanted to bring up is related to, and again, I hate using the word influencers. It's, it's really kind of annoying to use, but um, these individuals who have maybe more influence, you know, it gave us the chance to build legitimate relationships with them. And that was the whole focus the whole time. 
you know, at the at the outset, we were like, yeah, you know, maybe we just go pay a couple folks. And um, but we always had even in even at that time, the mindset to pay them if we were going to pay them and have a long relationship with them and have them advise us, <clears throat> not just pay for tweets. I think that's really stupid. But um, we got past that and said, there's a better way to do this. We can gamify this. We can include referrals, which crypto loves referrals, even though they like to say they don't. Um, and, you know, that created something that I think hadn't been really seen before. But the most important outcome of that by far was the relationships that we built. And so now you see our launch party circulating and you've got a ton of people that are coming to this thing, right? You've, you've got names from across the board that are coming. That's because we built relationships with those people. You know, they, they're flying in from out of the country, out of the state uh, to come and, and share that experience with us. And those are the projects that we brought there too have become, you know, friends of ours. And so I think there's there's an importance to building relationships. That's maybe the one thing we didn't talk about in that last couple questions that can't go overlooked. You must, must, must build strong relationships to succeed in crypto. Yeah, I would like to add I would like to add one more thing, a small nuance, because I was thinking if I would be a guy who wanna start a new business now, you're telling like a higher lawyer, it's probably I mean Lawyers are very expensive, right? So and everyone will say, oh, I'm a startup. How I can pay, I don't know, 500 bucks per hour to get a lawyer to. We have 60 plus people, probably like five get salary. So you don't need to hire. You need to find the person who believes in you. You need to hire, find the person who trusts you, trust in the project, believe in the project, and share with them equity, share with them tokens, whatever. We have a lot of people working for a token. Our lawyers are regularly they're charging like five eight hundred dollar hourly but they work for like a, a small equity in our company so because you just need to not to be greedy because greed never win it's like a, you need to understand you better do something correctly and uh, build correct stuff with correct people yeah I, I think just to put the icing on the cake of that yeah like we're all insanely dedicated to this like it, it is bordering on unhealthy <laughs> we we all hang out non-stop with each other we give crazy amounts of time to this project. Like it is our lives at this point. You know, there, there is quite literally no more important thing to me other than my family than, than this project, you know? And we, we have joked that we would like take a bullet for BXC before. And it's, it's, it's partially a joke, but it's partially true. It's like, you know, when you work for something that's bigger than you, you have a sense of purpose. And I think inspiring and hiring people with that idea in mind is really, really important. And our talk's an inspiring leader, so that helps. But I think, you have to get people to buy in um, in order to do that kind of hard labor for you know months on end in many cases without direct compensation. And so you need to hire with that that sort of inspiring sense of purpose. Right on. I really liked a lot of the stuff you guys touched on there. Again, it was a lot for everyone listening. So I kind of want to just touch on two main points from that last little bit. I really like that you brought up the whole damage control of talking with influencers um, and hiring those influencers because I was going to ask about that. So one, I appreciate that. I don't think anyone has this negative outlook on BXC that they did when you first started your marketing campaign. And then this whole idea of giving equity away instead of paying. I fully support this. Uh, you know, A lot of these companies that are getting started up these projects they don't have the funds to be paying people like you were saying. So, you know, it's kind of a win-win. You know, you guys may not have the funds to pay people. So you pay them in equity, they get some equity. And that incentivizes then those people to work harder than they normally would if it was just for, say, a salary. So many great points. I really appreciate you guys talking on all of that. 
Um, there really is just so much that goes into creating an exchange. We could sit here and talk for days, honestly, but let's kind of move on. Um, I know your guys' site is launching, the exchange is launching in the very near future, but can you guys speak on what you're most excited for in 2019 with regards to, you know, your exchange one, and then two, you guys are kind of, you know, at the forefront of a lot of stuff in this whole space. So talk about cryptocurrencies as a whole, what you're most excited for. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll jump in on this one just because I have, there's a few things I can't disclose right now. Um, but you, you can probably guess by now that I took the marketing playbook and I threw that straight out the window when I started. <laughs> I was like, there's nothing, uh, you know, there's not much uh, in the kind of traditional marketing world that I'm super inspired by. I do like advertising, but I consider advertising kind of a slow drip approach. It's, you know, water on the rock. Um, but I, I am really excited by like groundbreaking, totally innovative marketing techniques. You know, I, my goal as a marketer should be, and, and has to be pushing the envelope every single day. And so that includes doing things that have, uh, never been done in crypto before. And there are a few things that we will do this year that I, I can guarantee you have never been done in crypto before. Um, so there's, there's a lot on the marketing front that I'm really excited by. Um, you know, as you know, one of our core tenants is the advanced trading uh, tools that we'll be offering. So these advanced order types, excited to start debuting more of those to the market, you know, growing our user base. Uh, and one other thing that I think I'm really excited for is, you know, getting fiat onto the exchange. So having those fiat pairs be available, and we're making a lot of great progress on that. We have some really crazy stuff on the partnership side that we've been working on. I uh, can't say anything more on it yet, but in the coming months, a lot of that stuff will be revealed. We've played a lot of cards close to our chest, and it's it's finally getting the time to play them. It touched on fiat, I was hoping to tell. I don't know, not related to Big C. I mean, I really want to see other projects that are delivering stuff. After spending like one and a half years sitting in a basement <laughs> and like developing this. <laughs> like So after spending all this time, I mean, like... Uh, very hard working, talking to community, getting more feedback, building that stuff again. It's like, I really want to see others who raised $50 million. I want them to deliver. <laughs> it's uh, because every time we think like if I would, raise, like a lot of people telling me you should have done the ICO in 2017 with the idea. <laughs> like I was, no, I mean, building something with like $50 million in your bank account is easier and like, uh, we may not do this as good as we're doing right now with all that money. So I really hope all the other people who sit on pile of cash, I mean, they can spend it on the correct place and uh, deliver to community who invested into them. So we we need crypto to have a good name. And by delivering more stuff to a real world case that people can take their phone out and I don't know, use some app to buy whatever. And like uh, this supported by blockchain and crypto is uh, very essential, very, very fundamental thing for us, I think. Yeah, 100%. This last year, we've you know seen a lot of projects really put their heads down and start to develop their products and you know money's being poured into infrastructure. So I think everyone's extremely excited for that. I wanted to just, just touch on something that Franklin had mentioned. Your marketing is great. You know, you bring up this buzz of, oh, we're going to be pushing the envelope, but I can't tell you yet. And, you know, you've gotten me, you've gotten me very excited. Honestly, I can tell you. I, I try not to do too much of that kind of stuff because I don't want, you know, the Tron's. Announcement of, an announcement of, announcement of. No, but I mean, like, seriously, though, seriously, there, there's so much stuff. It's crazy. 
I mean, I'm just, I have to pinch myself very often at the kind of conversations I get to have with the kind of people I get to have them with. Um, I, I think we're, we're trying to fundamentally like radically change things. And so when you do that, you end up getting caught up in this like vortex of like, where am I even going? I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just going down this rabbit hole of, uh, of innovation and, you know, who knows where you come out uh, on the other side, but it's exciting. And, um, you know, like I said, I try, I try not to be, do the announcements of announcements too often, but I couldn't help it here. No, I, I like it. I mean, that's that's your job. You know, you're you're head of marketing, so I I think you've piqued interest by saying that, and you le- you left it at that, and I like it. So one last thing that I wanted to go over. I know you guys already kind of touched on building up Beeksy from the ground, so you've kind of touched on this. But if you guys, you know, if the site disappeared tomorrow, you couldn't launch in the next week, and you have to start from scratch. Step one, what do you think the first thing that you would do is? What's the biggest tip you've got for people trying to break into an industry and create a business? People is the key. I mean, I'll just say sentence. It's like uh, one person is nothing, a group of people is everything. You need supporters. And, uh, and no matter it's a developer, it's a marketer, it's a, just a guy who can support you. Obviously, you need you need investors. You need you need everything. There is uh, there is no one thing which is the most important thing. And to be honest, mistakes are the most important thing. You need to do mistakes to learn. So just be very never think a best case scenario. Always think the worst. So if 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 you plan with the best case scenario, you're going to fail because best case scenario always looks amazing. Always. And uh, but you need to be ready for like a worst case scenario, and plus a little bit more. So and whenever you have resources to implement this, you are in a good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's very similar to what I would say. Um, operating a business in a lean way, you know, like those lean startup principles are, you know, important ideas for a reason. You know, if we had ri- if we had raised um, some ungodly amount of money, I don't think our product would be nearly as good. Instead, you know, we chose to not raise money on an idea, and we chose to work on the product with the funds that we had, and then do continual fundraising throughout the process as we needed more funds. I think that kept us much more honest. It's made us much more hungry. We've made much better relationships, and we've learned how to use money in a more responsible manner. So that's super important. Like. You know, fundraising is important, but you don't want to focus entirely on it. You should focus on building your product, building a great team before even that. You know, that that's going to be what carries you to the finish line. And then just the the perseverance that you need to to do anything in business. Um, it's going to be a lot of frustrations. It's going to be a lot of time. There's going to be delays and knockdowns. And like Artak said, you're going to have more losses than you have wins. You know, I've always said working in a startup is more about how you navigate and uh, get over losses than it is about how you celebrate wins. So you have to move gracefully from loss to loss to loss with wins along the way to carry you through. But it's more about how do you get over a defeat or you know a, a local battle that you lose to win the, the broader war. That's those are the people who succeed. You know the Jeff Bezos example comes up of you know him looking like a scrub sitting in an office uh, you know randomly in like '98 or something. That picture gets circulated right but what's the story behind that how many failures and uh, sufferings did he have to go through to be the richest man in the world countless thousands you know so it's, it's that perseverance is my other piece of advice don't give up um, you're probably right around the corner from a win you know all of those things kind of really speak to the integrity of the team 
I really appreciate this, guys. You've gone over, you know, pretty much everything on, you know, if someone wanted to go start an exchange, obviously there's minute, minute details and you could talk for days about that. But I think you've given us a general overview of why you guys started, where you guys are headed, all the, all the effort that really went into this exchange. So I'm really excited. Absolutely. You'll be more than welcome. And, and I think we're excited to finally show this thing to the world. And as a last note, I'd say it never hurts in business to have something that nobody else has. You know, that's a great way to market. That's a great way to position your team, your brand and your business. And so, you know, BC has a variety of different things that we think no one else has. But if you can do no other things uh, with your product or your business, try and find one fundamental innovation that nobody else can capitalize on and, and you'll you'll do pretty well. Perfect, Frank. Up until the very end, you're just dropping, dropping, dropping them. Yeah, dropping, honestly, dropping you know, insight after insight after insight up until the very last second of this podcast, you're you're, you know, firing them <laughs> off. So thank you guys both so much for coming on. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much for inviting. All right, guys, if you liked what you heard and you want to give BXC a try, head to the description. There is a referral link that will be in the description and that will grant you access um, to BXC and you will become a platinum member, which means that for the first two months of trading, you'll get a 20% discount on all trading fees. Thanks a lot, guys, and be sure to let Franklin and Artok know what you think of the site. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode. And I just want to take a quick second to ask you a huge favor. If you found anything in the episode helpful or it's been inspiring to you in any way, I just ask that you share it with your friends, family, anyone you know on social media, um, and hopefully we can help them out as well. Have a good one.